podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. It's okay. Finally waited. Erickson, low. Great ball into the middle. What a save by Heaton. Tonight's Emerson Sanchez. Lucas Moura. And belted into the net, brilliant goal! On debut, Tunga Ondombele has scored the equaliser for Spurs! Let's take it out of the way. Lucas Moura clips it. Oh, great goal! Stephen Bergwijn has arrived in North London! That is absolutely incredible on debut! Oh, yay! What a finish for 3-2 from Serge Aurier! Wow, what a goal, Harry Kane! That is exceptional! Try and place it, wonderfully taken by Eric Lamella. Never afraid to take on a shot, and with good reason. Oh wow, what a run! Jermaine Son from inside his own half has scored one of the best goals of his Spurs well, Welcome again to another episode of Touchline Hotspur. Uh, we've got a star-studded cast here. Uh, Dave, how you feeling, man? Feeling good. I think I'm, I'm honoured to share the stage with Tubbs because, you know, like, for us to get him for an hour... It's all good, man. Love, lovely it to be you. here. Um, it's a Thursday night and Tottenham haven't disappointed us, so it's all good. That's one of the positives of getting kicked out of the Europa League, man. <laughs> 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 oh, Toby, Toby, how you doing, man? I'm good, man. I'm good, man. It's good to be, it's it's because I, I can't remember the last time I've been on a pod where you've hosted Error, man. It's been a long time, man. But I'm happy. I'm happy, man. Let's Come go, on, man. Go, man. Good to see you. Good to see you. Glad you could fit us in the schedule and that. <laughs> <laughs> how are you feeling, my guy? Yeah, good, brother. Uh, a lot more positive after. Last week's pod, but yeah, I'm happy to be back, man. Happy to have our our local celeb back on the pod as well. Yeah, welcome back, to us, Yeah, I'm not a celeb at all, like that. <laughs> I thought she was killing me on the last pod, boy. Your just real face straight away, you could see oh, it. The man. energy was mad, bro. It's that, good to see the smile back, man. That, that too, like, <laughs> I, I, I put out the first eight minutes. I. <laughs> it looked crazy. Don't forget to see you as well, yeah. I see that mood lighting that you've got probably at the back of your TV. <laughs> <laughs> flashing up there. One, one time it's purple, then it's blue. I've got the same thing in my room as well, so I know what type of mood you're trying to set in that room. So it's cool. But I see you. Yeah. I see you, bro. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. I love it. I love it. I love it. 
and and Yao hidden in the dark there. You say, my brother, you good? Hey, bro, coming <laughs> in with two weeks off the bounce, bro. I feel like like Lamella returning from injury, bro. You know <laughs> 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 We're gonna need some better performances than that, man. <laughs> yeah, I can give some energy energy to the squad, bro. Shocking. Oh, man. <laughs> Let's start. Let's start with. Um, let's start with something good for once, man. Aston Villa, um, two 0 win. Beautiful. Love it. Like I wouldn't really be celebrating a Villa win, but you know, um, beggars can't be choosers at the moment. Like let's not lie. Um, who wants to kick us off? Like um, with the Villa match. I don't mind. Yeah. I actually don't mind. Um, watch the full ninety. Was. Um, to be honest with you, like, and uh, I feel like it's going to go into a rant, to be honest with you, but like, the, the team <laughs> came out and I was like, oh, wow, that's a bit of a interesting defence. I, did, I didn't know if I should be mad. I, I didn't know what I was supposed to feel when I saw the team sheet, especially with the defence. And I was like, okay, um, Roden, Davidson, Sanchez, Tanganga, right back here. I honestly think like it will come as a masterstroke later on in his career. Like he, I know he thinks he's a centre back and all that kind of stuff. And I'm not saying that the kid's not got some sort of like talent or ability, but yeah, no, I think right back might be the the masterstroke for him. But the game as a whole, and the reason why there might be a rant from me is because I watched the first half and I was like, wow, we look kind of comfortable with this kind of unique new lineup with like players playing in like a different kind of role looked like a four four two diamond at one point. Yeah, I wasn't sure it looked like a four four two diamond, a lopsided four three three. It was it was a really weird one and it was a parallelogram but Yeah, it was <laughs> it was a bit of a weird one. But the the thing that the reason why I got angry at half time is because, you know, the the, the sky sky coverage, and I, I I really hope people from Sky see this because this is ridiculous. They go to the half time, you know, piece of punditry, and first thing I hear is, "Ah, oh, Tottenham are lucky to to not be losing this game." I'm like, okay, Aston Villa seem to have been dominating this game. I said, dominating with what? zero shots and boring me half to death. Like, stop that. Because if it's the other way around, they would happily highlight everything wrong with Spurs in that first half. Yeah, but that 15 minutes, you would have 100%... If you were, if you didn't know the result of, that, of the first half, you'd have 1 million percent for Spurs were losing. Just on how they were talking at halftime. And that mm-hmm. infuriated me. And even though the second half improved for, for Spurs even a bit more and they took a hold of the game a bit better and ended up getting the second goal and all of that jazz and seeing out the game which to be honest with you was uh, a pleasing performance considering what would happen what happened the the last two performances like I was really infuriated by the way and this is not the first time this has happened watching Spurs throughout my lifetime this is it's, it's a farce it's an absolute joke considering the fact we won 2-0 I do hear that. I'm not going to lie. I do hear that. I do think the media... It's weird. Sometimes the media 
overgas us. I've seen it with journals and whatnot. Sometimes the media overgas us, and then sometimes the media pick at things that they don't need to pick at. But you know what? I'm actually going to go against the grain here, and I'm going to disagree with the first half. I think the first half was bad from us. I felt we weren't comfortable in that in that diamond shape at all. I felt the midfield was non-existent. I felt Aston Villa were easily getting into dangerous positions. The only thing that was missing from Aston Villa was that cutting edge that a Jack Grealish would have in the final third to either find the, the find Ollie Watkins or engineer a shot at goal. Um, but I don't think we had a good I don't think we had a good grasp of that game at all. And I think in the first half, the only players who were playing for me were um, Lucas Moura, Harry Kane, and Jaffet Tanganga, and then and, and and Joe Rodon. I felt Sanchez looked a bit nervy at times when the ball went on that on that um, left channel. I felt uh, Endombele, he looked good in parts, but he was he was poor in the first half. I felt Lacelso was an absolute passenger and was playing like a guy who's just come back from injury as well. Mm-hmm. And um, Hoybier, I felt like he was far too inconsistent in his actions on the ball. Like I, I, I honestly don't believe we had any sort of grasp on that game in the first half, which is why we needed to improve in the second half. And if I compare, if I compare the second half performance to the first, for me, noticeable difference, especially after the second goal. I think for the last. For the last 15, 20 minutes, I think that's the first time in a long time where we've been able to control a game properly, like see it out, keep the ball better, not do dumb things in possession, defend well, just completely kill kill any momentum that the opposition had. Mm-hmm. Like, okay, fair enough, they had no Jack Grealish, so immediately that's their that's like 60% of their their their, their attacking impetus out the drain. I mean, out the window, sorry, but. Still, um, I felt it was good the way in which we were managing that game towards the end. But yeah, the first half, I'm not even gonna lie, I was, my head was hot. Like I'm not gonna lie to you, my head was hot because I was thinking, surely not, surely this nah. team, this team can't bottle this. Even at one nil up, I was thinking, surely not, because I was so shocked at how bad that performance was. No, I, I don't think, know if think, was, I just wanted to like add that. I do understand where you were coming from, but I don't think it was more a sense of we were bad. I do agree that the formation was a bit of a weird one, and I I, I did expect the team to not necessarily look fluid um, in this first half with this new formation. I, I would expect that from pretty much any other team. But what infuriated me and really made me mad, look, I don't care what anyone says, to be honest with you. If you go 45 minutes and you have not taken a shot, you've been poor. Because you can shoot from anywhere. Mm. You can legitimately shoot from anywhere on the field. It will register as a shot. Yeah, if you've gone 45 minutes and you have taken... If the if the number beside your name is zero, <laughs> 45 minutes, yeah, I don't want to hear no pundit tell me you dominated. Yeah, Dominated what? Your kitchen. Stop that nonsense. Yeah? You've done nothing for 45 minutes. We may have not looked great, yeah, but you done absolutely nothing for 45 minutes. And if this was the other way around, this is where I get mad with like some other fans and like other pundits. If this was the other way around, every stat under the sun would have been picked out. Oh, Lucelso looks like he's been carried by the team. His mother and father haven't spoken to him over the weekend. His wife left him two weeks ago. Every single thing you could find would have been found to to give a reason as to why Spurs didn't have a shot for 45 minutes. But it was Aston Villa dominated us for 45 minutes. I was like, that's an absolute joke. I'm not having that. But I've I got, got a question. You're coming at tops. 
I got a question. Did you guys feel confident, yeah, after the first goal went in? Like, was it was it a thing where you felt that cool, we're gonna go on to a win, or did you think that things might change? Tops, that's a question to you. Um, did I feel confident after the first goal? I never really do under Mourinho, to be honest with you. Um, similarly, I, I agree with Tobes. I don't think in that first half there was much control. You know, I'll bait the I'll bait the goal that we scored. It was a bit of a wishy-washy first half, and it did sort of improve massively um, mm-hmm. after the second goal. So I wouldn't necessarily say yes, but then if more than anything, I just wanted us to see us have a reaction from the previous week of football, basically. So anything that was better than the previous week of football, um, I was pretty much latching on to. Um, you... Who was the first sub? I can't remember. Um, after because I, I feel like we yeah. went. Was it? I think Gio came off first. Yeah, I think it was. Yeah, first. Gio. I, was very, I was very surprised by that. I, yeah. I thought he was going to keep him on because he usually makes some stupid subs, and I'm like, Jose, what are you seeing? I was, I was like, Gio was pissing me off. Really. Mm-hmm. I, I on the pitch. Yeah. Um, for me, it was. Yeah, am I still here? Yeah, yeah. For me, the Gio, his performance summed up that first half. Just it just went it went part, completely past him. Um, he let he put Ndombele under a lot of pressure um, on that side, um, and then he was just like he'll pop up in the left wing channel, like in front of Reguilon. <laughs> it's like what are you doing? Um, and it just it just kind of goes to show if um, if Jack Grealish was playing, we probably would have had a lot more problems. Um, well, we would have a lot more problems because he's a quality player, but he would have been definitely just going one on one against Tanganga. Who I love Tanganga. I think he's a great player. I do think his future is at centre back, and you can see it in the game. Um, when Sanchez was was flopping all over the place, Tanganga kept going a bit, you know, very narrow. Um, but you know, compared to OA and number two, then I would take Tanganga. Do you <laughs> know what I mean? <laughs> so, so, no my rule. I'm not saying no, um, no my rule. Can I ask something? Do you? I know. I, I know this might seem like an obvious question, but do you not give Lachelso a little bit of leeway because he literally has had three months off? Yeah, that's good to you. Even you look like a guy who's not played. He's played. Okay, played in the last game, and he obviously started. But I, I, I agree with Dave, though. I think you. I think. I I see that as a fitness thing. If you're blowing after 30 minutes, I'm like, yeah, you haven't played for free. If your touch is a bit off, yeah. But if I'm playing you on the right wing and you're in front of my left back and not doing anything, mm-hmm. I've got to ask questions about your positional sense. And, and yeah, I would ask more. Yeah, I, I just, that frustrated me, personally. But would, would you think, like, I think only just to give him a little bit of credit, he was coming back into, like, a chaotic kind of, Side yeah. a chaotic lineup, yeah. like I couldn't even tell you what the plan was half of the time. Like I get they tried the diamond thing for a bit, and they, yeah, do you know what I mean? Like you said, I think rhombus yeah. is the best word yeah. to describe it, man. <laughs> 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 the rhombus formation, you get me? That's, that's the yeah. rhombus. That's, that's, the, pod, that's the pod name, rhombus. Yeah, <laughs> at the time when I was watching it, I was like, oh my gosh, this is gonna be horrid. And, and to answer the question, I wasn't confident after the first goal. Um, mm-hmm. I never am. Um, not it's not about Jose, it's about Spurs. I'm never confident after the first goal. 
Um, I, I feel like we need three or four just to make me feel comfortable, especially in a, away from home against a team like Aston Villa who can, can get a bit of momentum, even with no fans. And, you know, I actually thought, yes, we'd win. Um, even after the first goal, I still thought, yeah, we'd win this, but I, I thought we'd concede. I didn't see a clean sheet. Um, so I thought maybe 2-1 or, like, you know, that kind of thing. Um, but, yeah, you know, Gio, I'm not I'm going to, you know, I'm not cussing them out. Like, I don't want them in my team. But it really frustrated me, and that for me summed up our first half. It just seemed like there was no direction, no, no um, instruction, no real clear. And obviously, the team was thrown together. You know, none of us could have guessed that team. Yeah. None of us could have guessed that team. Do you know what I mean? And, and give us all ten goals, we probably wouldn't have guessed that team. So, um, yeah, we'll see what happens moving forward. Vinicius and Kane up top. Not highly convinced, but there's a there's a potential there. You know, to eke out some of the. Let's those tough away game type um, situations. We'll see. Yeah. Let's let's focus on Vinicius just a little bit. Like, what do you think of his um, performance there, uh, Tobes? What did you think of that? His little cameo. I don't think he played particularly well, to be honest. Um, I felt like his touch, his first touch, leaves a lot to be desired, and I felt like he was giving away a lot of fouls. But I don't think he played poorly. I think the one thing I loved about his performance was that. He's a workhorse. I don't know what it is with these Brazilians. I don't know whether it's they're eating beans before, before, before <laughs> kickoff. But they have got, they have got, <laughs> no, 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 they've got, they've got so much work. They've got so much work. They get through it. They got so much energy, and I, I respect it, man. I, I remember saying after the game, for me, I don't care. I don't care that his 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 play technically isn't up there. He was in the right place in the right time for the goal, and he kept. Working his socks off for the whole for the whole game, and you see how much that first goal meant to him as well. Mm-hmm. You see the video this week about explaining the story about how about his mum as well. Like, like I don't rate him highly, but I respect what he does on the pitch, and I respect the fact that more often than not, when he's played for us this season, he's taken his opportunity and he scored. So for me personally, he's he's already put his name on the team sheet for um, after the international break when we play Newcastle. Yeah, I can I can definitely agree with that, man. Like, I know people talk about him scoring against bombs and all this rubbish, but actually, given the opportunity, he has, you know, given the chances that's come to him, he has scored. He has, like, you know, got his got he's got his numbers. So, the one thing that always just stresses me about him is that, like, for a guy that his of his stature, like, I just feel like he doesn't hold the ball up well enough. And mm. I kind of felt that it was good that he was playing with Kane because Kane would be someone to drop off a little bit and then obviously all of our direct sort of balls into him would be fairly central if mm-hmm. if they don't go into the channels. But then that's one thing like about him that I don't really see he has in his game or in his skill set is that if you pop the ball to him and he has his back to goal, his ability to be able to protect it, to hold it and then to bring other people in. And I think sometimes when I look at like his style of play, I kind of think, oh, Lorente. Lorente... Although he had no pace, he was somewhat of a physical presence. He had the ability to hold it and also bring other players into it. And sometimes maybe I think, okay, he's not the same type of player as Lorente, but sometimes the way we play kind of forces him to that to do that. Mm-hmm. And I feel like it's difficult because he doesn't do it very well. But as Tobe says, like he works extremely hard and he gets his numbers in, man. So at the end of the day, we can't really fault him at this point, you know. One um, thing I'd oh, go on, go on, yeah. Oh, sorry. Um, I wanted to kind of add off that. Um, I, I do agree with the points being made, but I, I think a lot of people, even myself included, can be a bit harsh on him, considering the fact that 
it wasn't too long ago this guy was playing as a centre back. <laughs> like he's only recently, um, from what I've been looking at, been playing as a striker. So this is he's gone from you know one one extreme to the other in terms of positioning. Vinicius, um, yeah. Yeah, Vinicius, yeah. I so didn't he, even know that, yeah. That's yeah he, he was actually a, yeah, he was an actual centre-back and um, was converted into a striker. So everything that he's doing now is pretty much a, a learning curve for him. And the, the yeah. best example I could have of that, because I found that out a couple of games ago, but in the Aston Villa game, he literally showed what he was like as a defender. They had a cross, or I think it was a free kick that came in, and he, he was about to bomb out of the box, saw that his guy was literally about to sneak up on him, turned back and shielded the guy completely. I was like, yo, that is, that is like defending one-on-one right now. You're a striker, but that is defending one-on-one. And it like came back in my mind, oh yeah, this guy used to be a centre-back. So yeah, you're right. I, I think he, I think he's going to be more in terms of like developing I won't be surprised if he does turn out to be a bit like Lorente, but with obviously younger legs, um, which we badly needed when Lorente first came. So uh, it would be interesting to see how that develops if we do um, end up, uh, I don't know, purchasing him after the summer. I don't know if we will, but it'll be it's interesting. Funny. I was gonna. Um, I was just gonna say, like, um, I like. It's funny you said you said this about Tanganga right back as well, and I think I see this um, in both Tanganga and Vinicius. But I love the energy they play with. Like um, sometimes in in a lot in a couple of the few the last few games we've we've played in, everybody looked a bit lethargic. People looked like um, even if they knew what they were doing or they didn't know what they were doing, they just looked a lot like they didn't want to be there or in in their body language. If you get what I mean. Whereas with Vinicius, even when he's play, doing the wrong run whatever it is, he just still looks like he's on it. Do you get what I mean? Like, he just looks like that's not even taking no effect on him. He just wants to keep playing. And that's what I love about Tanganga as well. Um, I hear everyone saying if they prefer him at at centre-back, I've really got no preference. But what I do like about him at right-back is that he gets that um, opportunity, I guess, to attack the game a bit more. And do you get what I mean? Some of our other right-backs... Um, at the moment, haven't really been taking their opportunities to to put it lightly. Um, another thing now with um, Yao's revelations just there, it sounds like Mourinho's found his perfect striker man. Like his real defensive forward centre back, he can just put up front. <laughs> so um, I mean, like I hope that's not a sign of things to come in it. <laughs> No wonder. Ah, now God. we see. Now we see why we, why he was bought in the first place. Eh? <laughs> like any good team, hiring the right employees for your front office is just as important as recruiting the best players for the game. That's why you need Indeed. Indeed is the job site that makes hiring as easy as one, two, three. Post, screen, and interview all on Indeed. Get your quality shortlist of candidates whose resumes on Indeed match your job description faster. Only pay for the candidates that meet must-have qualifications and schedule and complete video interviews in your Indeed dashboard. According to Talent Nest, Indeed delivers four times more hires than all other job sites combined. Get started right now with a free $75 sponsored job credit to upgrade your job post at Indeed.com BlueWire. Get a $75 credit at Indeed.com BlueWire. Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Offer valid through June 30th. Terms and conditions apply.
But yeah, I definitely I loved I loved the um the energy that was going through the side um that that started. I thought the Mora Vinicius like there's something about having Vinicius on the pitch that just unlocks an even higher level of Mora like in terms of yeah. energy. Um, and I like to see it. Do you know what I mean? Um, last thing I want to talk about before we move on to the next topic, I guess, is Loris. Like, how did you guys feel about Loris? Were you are you confident in him at the moment? I feel like there was a lot of shots shooting flying at him, and I weren't too sure. I'm confident on 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 Lloris. I, I do acknowledge that he's on the wane. He's not going to get any better. He's what 34 years old. He's not mm. going to get any better. Like the only way is down for Lloris now. Um, but me personally, I don't just judge him on the mistakes that he made at the start of this year. They're stupid. They're very, very stupid. But if I look at this season in its entirety, he's been good for us. Like, and I, I think you, I think Spurs fans, Spurs fans at times were too quick to forget the good that a player does. And the minute he does something bad, oh, he's crap, he's shit, he's this, he's that and the other. Hang on a second. When we heading into that Liverpool game at Anfield, we were talking about Lloris being one of the best keepers on form in the league in the season. And then a couple big mistakes later, again, yes, mistakes that he shouldn't be making, all of a sudden he's shit again. So for me, I just, I don't know, man. Like, I still think he's a good keeper. I still feel relatively assured with Lloris, but... Mm -hmm. I would also implore the club to, to to think of a succession plan going forward. I know y'all y'all probably doesn't agree, but I'll, I'll implore the club to to think of a succession plan going forward because I don't want it to wait until where it's I don't want it to wait until a point where it's him giving us more bad games than good. I want to remember him as still a, a reasonably good keeper, and I still think he is a reasonable a reasonably good keeper right now. I, I don't I don't I, I want to say this about so that. You know, when, you know, people are watching this, they don't think, oh, I'm just here to, to be Black Adam. cause <laughs> problems, you know? But I agree, I do agree with you, Tops. I actually do. But my problem is, like, every time we get to a point where we're like, yeah, Lloris, 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 that's when he decides to go and hit the drink. And give us a in moment. Like, big man, we need you to be sober. Yeah? Like, like, just just give us a sober season. One. Just one sober season. Every single season. No he could go 15 games, 20 games, like, yeah, Luis, Luis. And then the next five, he is waved. And we don't know why. (laughs) (laughs) We're in lockdown. No clubs are open. Big man. Yeah, see, we got to April 12th, yeah, and then it's <laughs> <laughs> Larissa, Larissa mistakes. When he makes the mistakes, yeah, you, you sit there and think to yourself, like, a keep of your quality, seriously, like, especially with his, his um amount of time he spent in the game, yeah. Mm. A lot of these mistakes you would you expected a, a younger keeper to make. I'm like, you shouldn't be making this amount of mistakes with his experience this mm. this late on in your career. It could be that maybe he's getting towards the twilight of his career and, you know, it's all coming downhill. And maybe, you know, I do feel like we should be looking for new keepers, not just one, but at least two. Mm. Um, but I, I believe in Lloris. I'll be lying if I said I didn't. I do believe in him. It's just like, stay focused, big man, for, for like <laughs> longer parts of the game. I hear that. I hear that. I hear uh, that. Uh, let's um, 
like segueing into the next topic. Um, Before I you think, do that, Era, shout out, yeah, shout yeah. out Lucas Moura as well. I don't know if anyone else is speaking it, but shout out Lucas Moura. Like, yeah. we, I, I give him a lot of stick, and rightly so, because he's just been so erratic the last two years. <laughs> like, the last, honestly, the last, the last four or five games, he's the only one that's standing out to be counted, man. And you have mm, to respect mm. him. For real, for real, definitely. Agreed, agreed, absolutely. 100%. And um, it's it's good that you said that because I was going to focus on some players that definitely have not been standing out or they've been standing <laughs> out on the for the wrong reasons <laughs> recently. And um, that's going to take us into our next topic. So um, the two players I wanted to talk about were Sissoko and Berwin. Um, granted, they didn't have the most time on the pitch. But um, in recent weeks, like, things have not been looking good. And I guess that takes it takes us to like our next topic is what should we expect um, from these players and and from the whole from the team as a whole going into towards to the last stretch towards the end of the season. Um, they or uh, tops, you got thoughts for us on that? Um, the, see, my issue with players, well, okay, I feel like the two of them have two different plights. Uh, I feel like. <laughs> I feel like Sissoko, I've um, never... You, okay, I have... I believe Sissoko has his uses, but I feel as his as his age increases, as the style of football that we want to play changes, and more players who are capable of playing in his role start to come through, his need in the team and the squad does start to become somewhat negligible. Um, I feel like Watching him technically, it's always very, very frustrating. But then you look at him in some of the bigger games where he plays a role of like he hassles and he breaks things up and he makes it very difficult for like, you know, high level sort of players to perform at the high levels. So I largely do see him with his uses, but with the emergence of people like Ndombele getting back to sort of fitness, Hoiberg being being a starter, um, the likes of Chelsea being in the squad the potential return of a skip to the team. I do feel like for him, his opportunities are somewhat being restricted and rightly so. Like, uh, I think there was something that I did see on, on social media this week where there was a chance that Tanganga blocked and it was almost like a, a vast difference between Tanganga's wanting sort of passion and integrity to block the ball and Sissoko's mm. almost like a dastical, lazy sort of attitude to just flail like a, you know, like a leg, yeah. um, considering he was a sub, you know. Um, so I've always kind of made my, my viewpoint on him. I've, I'm very clear that I feel like at 30, 31, um, he has his uses as a squad player, but I feel like if we can try and push him on, um, I wouldn't be, I wouldn't be unhappy. Um, with Bergerin, I feel it's, I feel like it's a, it's a very difficult one because first of all he has youth he has youth on his side which I think is a massive thing. Um, I personally believe that his role and the role that he's being asked to play has changed significantly this season. Um, he also hasn't been given as many opportunities and also as we've obviously seen as we've obviously seen the opportunities that he's been given he hasn't really taken them either. Um, I do kind of feel that there's a massive confidence thing with him at the moment because he hasn't had any goals, hasn't had any assists. So he's been very, in many ways, he's been very, very poor. 
But like interestingly, he was called up to the Holland squad this week, and I maybe think that would be some some way to kind of help rejuvenate or help with his confidence. Um, I do feel like there's a player there. We've seen sparks of his quality. You know, great assist against uh, Newcastle for Kane. Great goal against Man City. Great goal against um, Manchester United. So I feel like we have a player, and as I've said, youth is on his side. But a mixture of lack of form, severe lack of form, severe lack of confidence, and also being asked to play different roles probably played into it this season. Um, I do like him, and I feel like he's a good option to have. But interestingly, he has actually fallen down the pecking order behind people like Lamella and Lucas, which to me is absolutely wild. But that is mm. how bad he's been this season, you know? Now, I can't lie. In the group chat, I was running my mouth seeing that, um, what was it? I think I was saying Berwin could definitely get um, four goals and assists. At least four goals or, and yeah, four combined goals and assists from now to the yeah. end of the season. Yeah. Considering, yeah. I think, um, I can't remember who, someone done it in one game, bro. <laughs> like, <I was> watching. <laughs> <laughs> and I was saying, Berwin can definitely do it. But do you know what? Like, I would not put any, like, I wouldn't put a 10 on it. I'm not going to lie, bro. I've got better things to do with that 10 on that. <laughs> it's, it's, it's not looking promising right now, bro, and it's not looking like he believes in it himself, which is, do you get what I mean? That's that's the worst part of it, man. Um, I, I guess what I wanted to ask, um, it's probably the last thing on the Villa game, but do you think a statement was made? So going into the game, I think a lot of, there was a lot of talk about the lineup was going to make a statement. Um, do you guys think Mourinho has succeeded there? I think the only thing I could see as a statement is that Tangango was the only right back. Other than that, I don't know what kind of statement he, he made. No, I, sorry, Dave, you go first. Yeah, no, I think you've got to look at the subspence as well. <clears throat> so you had, um, you know, Alfie Devine and, and Dane Scarlett on the bench. Yeah. That's taken up. I, I think Ali wasn't in the squad, was he? No, Ali wasn't. Ali wasn't he, there, he was. Yeah, Lamella wasn't on. Doherty wasn't in the squad as well. Doherty wasn't according to Dave. Yeah, he wasn't there. and Alderweireld were sick, apparently, but they were both playing on international duty, so I don't know. I think the fact that he was prepared to play a Celso after however many months out, in the game that we had to win, like we couldn't have gone into this break with with a loss on that on that one <clears throat> after the week that we had. I think the fact he was prepared to go with Vinicius and Kane up top. Um, I think he, the statement more is I'm prepared to change things, right? Mm. And I'm going to take the league seriously. I'm not just going to go right. We've got a month till the cup final. Let's just take our chances there. He's he's going right. I'm prepared to to put myself at risk. Whatever you think of him as a manager, whatever to go with something a bit unfamiliar and see if it works. On a, on a player-by-player basis, I don't think some of these players care. Mm. And that's part of the problem. You know, Sissoko, I don't want to see him play anymore, personally. Mm. Right? I was upset with him from the Zagreb game. Right? He was playing in what, the mid- middle two with Winks, right? There was one time, <laughs> it was in the first half, right? And Winks gets on the ball, and obviously we know Zagreb, they like to press in the middle. <clears throat> And Sissoko runs toward Winks. So he's bringing, like, two men with him, right? <laughs> Winks passes it to Oye, whoever. This is the first time in my life I've ever seen Winks lose his temper. Like, he was <laughs> running, like, he's like, get away. Harry Winks. Harry Winks yeah. losing his temper at you. Bruv, it's time, it's time to pack it. And then that, 
exactly. You know what? The, 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 the Sissoko thing, the Sissoko thing is interesting as well because I, I've always been an advocate of having him in the squad because I think he did he did well to transform himself into this useful player for us because he has been useful in the big games. But I'm not gonna lie, t- turn of the year 2021, I think the last good game I saw from this guy was Brentford when when he scored that goal because his job in the team. It's not, you're not in this team because you can spray a ball. You're not in this team because you can drive with the ball, even though he's meant to be good at driving the ball. He doesn't do it at all for us anymore. You're in this team because you, you're meant to cover up a lot of ground and you're meant to offer us some sort of defensive, defensive um, qualities that we don't have. You're meant to be the guy who helps us with the counter press. You're meant to be the guy who just helps us get more control or better yet, defend better in some of these matches. But I'm looking at Chelsea he was terrible. Came on against Man City, poor. Poor against Dinamo Zagreb as well. That the, the guy's putting in laboured, lazy, pants performances. And I'm thinking to myself, bro, you are in this team to help us defend better. If you yeah. can't help us do that, there is no purpose for you in this team. See, and even and it, to, go on, go on. Even to add to that, yeah, like I think you you said it best there, yeah. He's in the team to help us. So one, I think step one. He's in this team to help us defend. And then I think there's another thing that goes a bit more understated that he was in the team to do, yeah? He was in the team and he was available. He wasn't the best passer of the ball, yeah? I'm not going to act like he was doing something amazing, but if you needed a pass, he was at least free. I think what he's been doing recently, and, and Dave just touched on it just now, like he ran towards Winks. Like, let's be honest about what he was doing there. He was making himself unavailable for a pass. And he does this very often. Honestly, Please, I mean... Uh, Oh, I was I was just about to say the exact same point. Like yeah. for me, our midfielders, they have become sort of at a level where you need to be able to be able to do the easy stuff, the technically easy stuff well. Mm. And we have clearly seen that this is a player who shies away. He doesn't want the ball. And at the end mm. of the day, if you're a midfielder in like a double pivot, whichever kind of role you're playing and you are, don't have the confidence or you don't have the ability to take the ball on wherever people want you to take it on, then I feel you almost become negligible in that midfield because then people yeah. basically have to start bypassing you in, in midfield. You don't become a number. You just become you don't become a member of the team. You're just a number that people are, are like accommodating for. And that, for me, is the worrying thing. Like You would think as well, as a player gets older, he becomes more sort of, confident in his ability he becomes more better at like reading the game a bit better and reading um how things like approach how things are approached when he's playing in the game but mm. you look at him and this is like maybe because he doesn't play as much maybe because he really isn't confident in his ability but he's doing the things that he used to be able to do almost worse now and very 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 similar to what Dave said you know I really I'd happily not see him play midfield for us, but I know that he has a role for us. I'd happily not see him play. Yeah. Uh, I, I would still keep him. Sorry, yeah. I would still keep him, but yeah, I'm just... I'm, I wouldn't know. Honestly, as a squad player, I would still keep him for now, but I'm just not impressed with what I'm seeing recently. Like, it's, it's not good enough. Go on, I, now. I, I, I'm sorry, Tops. I'm, I've got the, the little... The little no there. The little shaky. Because... <laughs> <laughs> when, when we said when we signed Sissoko in what 2016 2017 season, I think it was correct. I didn't want him. Yeah, that 30, that thirty million was was as far as I'm concerned, it was flushed out the toilet. 
and I and we still haven't received you know the toilet paper that we used on this guy <laughs> back. Yeah, like it's it's been permanently flushed. His first season, yeah. I, even even at the height of Spurs's you know flamboyant style of play, yeah. Any time this guy was on the field, I okay. literally had a nightmare. Yeah, because this guy was he was if Lloris was drunk. At random points of the season, this guy was on drugs, yeah, and drugs that are not legally allowed to be because he was moving reckless, yeah. Now he had one good season, I must admit, he had one good season where I thought, all right, the tide had changed, you know. I, I hold my hand up. I was like, yo, this guy is possibly the player of the season for us. He he broke up plays, he started attacks, he was literally driving a lot of things, and then I realized. All this is is just a man that's woken up on the right side of the bed for the first time in his life. That's all it was. Yeah, because once the work rate got back to normal, he went back to waking up and being lethargic and useless as he's ever been in his entire life. And that's why when France won the 2018 World Cup, I knew they weren't going to select this guy because they knew what he did at the last Euros. Yeah, he was a stinker. Don't be fooled by them one minute channel runs going past four people. I'm not fooled by none yeah. of that. It's okay. like, and that's my problem. People, yeah, people if, will tell you he had a good Euros. He literally yeah, turned yeah. up in the semi-finals and was bad for the rest of the I mean, That's people, what got him his move to Spurs. I'm, yeah. I'm not going to lie. People will say he had a good Euros. People also say, you know, that Boris Johnson is doing a great job. Yeah, big man, let's not go down that road. But the man is, yeah. If we could sell Sissoko today for just a travel card and peanuts... I think I think yeah, you can sum up Sissoko's like career, yeah. Just like with a drinking game. Like next time you watch Sissoko, take a shot, yeah, every single time someone passes in the ball and he just one touch passes it back. Regardless of where he is on the pitch, <laughs> what kind of danger they're in, whatever's going on, he's just gonna one touch pass it back because he's not absolutely he's not interested in the game. Bro, you're gonna be as licked as Loris, isn't it, if you try that. But give it a try. Give it a try. Yeah, call it so called shots. That's another episode name, man. <laughs> <laughs> you, know, you, know, you know when you know when I knew so was an absolute lunatic and I was like, I cannot take this guy serious as a football player. When I saw him clear a corner facing the other way. He, he had his back to the ball and jumped up like this. I said, "You've lost it." It's like he's coping. He's just coping, bro. He's, he's in distress. What, what made it? What made it worse? Like, am I? Am I? Am I the one that's being chiefed over here? How did you manage to do this? Oh my days. <laughs> all right, all right. Moving away from from that side of things, yeah. Like on the flip side, so so those are like I guess the players who who are who are either need to need need drastic improvements or they're on their way out. But like which players, if we if we named like two or three players that we should be prioritizing for the near future, like who who are those players? I think let's let's ignore the obvious in Harry Kane for now. Um, but let's have another conversation. So who else would be on that list? You're talking about from, from the current squad? Yeah, from the current squad. Tanganga. Yeah. We need to be prioritising these men. Yeah. yeah. Have you say, say about Skip, right? 
So obviously, I know we all wanted to try checking on the game earlier, and I, I watched some of it. But even just watching him for Norwich, mm-hmm. he he gives you the defensive shield, right? That Sissoko don't give. Mm-hmm. He gives you a passing range that Winks doesn't give, right? Even though Winks kind of had it a few seasons ago, but now he's just dropped off. He's doing them five yards. Like five yard nights or 99% type stats thing. And also, he gives you um, a little bit of pace, which Hoiberg doesn't have, right? Hoiberg is all IQ. Hoiberg, he, he looks yeah, yeah. like his feet. Right? But he reads the game well, so he can intercept. But what I noticed about Skip, Skip can move across the pitch, you know? He's got a bit of dynamism to him. Um, his recovery. Mm. For me, when I'm watching the, when I'm watching the defense midfielder, and I'm not trying to gas him up like he's, he's going to be the next McAvey, but what I'm seeing from him is that all facets of the defensive game are decent enough. So mm-hmm. recovery tackles, reading of the game, winning the ball back under pressure. Even today in the, in the under twenty one game, and he he was he was left out, you know, hanging out to dry by by whatever the manager's name is, because that that selection and formation was rubbish. Um, but even there were certain moments where the ball's coming in and he's holding off man, he's he's this, he's and then he's he's taking the the, the when it, when he's involved in the game, you know about it. He's not a passenger. Do you know what I mean? And I think you literally, if because I would sell Sissoko and I would sell Winks, but that's mm-hmm. me, right? If you sell both of them, you get skip back. You get one for the price of two. You understand? <laughs> and I'm now thinking to myself, okay, cool. That might free up a little bit more for more investment. Because I personally think, um, yes, our defence needs work, mm-hmm. but the, the midfield, the drop off in midfield like with our defenders the bad ones are all bad but with our midfielders you've got like the good ones and then the drop off is just so steep mm-hmm. so you know I'm like us playing one game a week I'm kind of happy that we don't have to rotate and put man in like Sissoko Winks and some of these guys because like I said the drop off is too steep for me but Skip I'm, I'm liking what I'm seeing I'm liking and I think for our midfield I don't think he's ready to start in the Premier League and I think even with Vinicius, one thing we need to, you know, the pace of the league, I think, is too much for Vinicius at the moment, which is why his touch looks a bit off, which is why he's not always set right when the ball comes into him, when it turns over, bang, bang, bang. It's a bit too quick for him, I think. That's why he's been better in the Europa, um, in the European game. Um, but I think Skip, um, for me, is a definite. And Tanganga, I absolutely love that guy. Every time I've seen him, right, so... When when we were still allowed in the stadium and I've, I've seen him you know, up up in, in the flesh as it were, I've been very impressed. That right back, centre back, he's he's got I think he's got the whole package and I think you know put him in a nice solid system against you know next to a, a, a competent centre back, whether this is a pairing or whether he's playing on the right, and I think we will see him begin to flourish. Do you know what I mean he has no fear? You know he plays for the badge. Um, Going forward, he's getting a little bit more confident. Um, I remember the Middlesbrough game, a couple. Was it last season? I think. Or yeah, two I, I know the one. Yep, yep. I was there on the board that people give him credit for. Yeah, yeah, and I think because for him, he's direct. He's not trying to skill a man and all that stuff. He's just like, if there's an opening, they're like Castle Soccer was. If there's an opening, I'm hitting that hard. Do you know what I mean? And he's a bit of a unit. So I think those two players, I'm really looking forward to kind of seeing develop. Plus, then we just need to buy better quality because you know. You brought up a good point. Um, yeah, Tanganga is definitely one I, I, I would like to see um, develop. Yeah, I, I think that's a good. I'm, I'm happy that he got brought into the team. He's had a tough season. Um, I have actually been watching his development quite a lot. Like I, I tend to do this with like Spurs players that I um, really think are like 
for the club and for the badge. So I'll, you know, proper like dive into like what the issues are and all that kind of stuff. And he's had quite a number of injuries this season, but nothing uh, career like ending kind of injuries, more just like the little niggles. And, you know, it's it's weird. It's kind of like the kind of Toby Alderweireld kind of situation where the, the medical staff didn't really want to play him in certain games. Um, with the fear that it could develop into a you know a longer term injury, uh, but he's now obviously free of injury. Hopefully that remains the case and he gets a good run of games. Um, because from what I've understood or heard, uh, Jose Mourinho really likes the kid a lot. But in terms of like skip, I said this in the group. I hope it doesn't come back to bite me, and I, I want to say this, but I, I do have to add some clarification behind it. Skip slightly reminds me of Carrick. Now, I'm not saying he's Carrick level because I rate Carrick. Let me clarify this now before man get the guns out quick. And I've already felt a few shots through my window. I'm not saying that man is Carrick, yeah, but I'm saying. I remember us having a young character and thinking, oh, this guy, he's got he's got the passing range. You know, he's not afraid of like a tackle. He's in the right. And that's what I'm kind of seeing with Skip. The question I will have is, he's done this at the championship and I'm not insulting the championship, but I know the jump from the championship to the Premier League is no joke. Mm-hmm. And I think it will be a case of, he will, I feel like he will come into his own as the season develops. So I, you're, you're right, Dave. I don't think he'll be an initial starter. I think he'll more be Hoybier. But I can't, I, I I wouldn't be surprised if he ends up taking that defensive midfield role and kind of forcing Hoybier into like a, like a, a box-to-box, which could work for us in a, in a very weird way because then it could free up the other two midfielders if him in the single pivot really works. Just a suggestion. Yeah, like, I could definitely agree with you, like, um, I take quite interest in watching uh, Hoy, um, Oliver Skip, like, this is like a kid who's effectively playing in a men's league um, in the mm-hmm. Championship. I think people also don't give the Championship the credit it deserves, because whilst it is a drop-off in terms of from the Premier League, it's a slog, you know, it's a lot of players who have played at high levels and are playing consistently and are playing at a, at a level that is required to sort of, you know, keep your game to a decent level. And for a kid to have played basically is it 38 games of the season that yeah, he's played, played and, yeah. and hasn't missed anything and the number of games that he's been voted yeah, as man of the match, like, I really liked all the different qualities that you mentioned of him, Dave. And one thing that I would like to definitely say about him is that for a young kid, he looks so robust. And I, and I say that because it's so easy for a young player to come into into uh, the men's game, into first-team football, and almost get themselves lost in it in the sense that they can be overpowered, they can be overrun, they can almost lose themselves. But then you watch him, and he looks like, not like a seasoned veteran, but he looks like he's comfortable. He doesn't show up from tackles. Like, from what I've seen in the Norwich games that I've watched, doesn't show up from tackles. He's happy to take the ball on. He's even got his own, he's got his first professional goal as well. So there's lots of different reasons for me to feel like, okay, this is a player that's coming back that I'm very happy to have back. And actually, with the kind of players we have in our team, 
I'd be very happy to develop him. I've, I've always been a fan of Tanganga. Like, when I watch Tanganga, I feel like he doesn't really... I know he plays bit part because he's been injured and he's been in and out of the team, but it doesn't seem to have, like, bad games. He always performs at a decent level wherever, wherever he's asked to play. And even the game on the weekend against Villa, you know, I didn't expect him to come in, even though even though number two had been doing what he was doing and Ori was out. But I feel like, again, having not seen him play for quite a while, he left quite a decent account of himself. And that would give you some sort of reason to feel like, OK, you know what? I can trust this kid. I can maybe play him in a different role. Well, I can keep, I can keep playing him there. Um, and the third player that I, I think that we should be thinking about as well is Cess. I've also been following Cess at Hoffenheim. He genuinely plays in a back four, or they've been using him sometimes as a left wing back. And this season, again, another player who maybe, whilst at Fulham, was full of confidence, came to Spurs, lots of different injuries, and didn't really play. But now he's playing fairly regularly, again, at a decent level in, an, in another international league. And again, he looks like a player full of confidence. And to be honest with you, I feel like it's been good for him because playing in the role he's played, it's kind of a hybrid between the two roles that he may be asked to play for Tottenham. Purely because I feel like maybe he hasn't got it yet to play as a traditional winger, but actually he's got lots of the tools that you would require for a player to play in defence or as a left wing back. And actually, he's been able to somewhat develop that side of his game because maybe at Tottenham he wouldn't have a chance because they apply a lot of pressure for him to play as a replacement fullback or as a replacement winger if he's asked. But actually, because he's playing regularly at the left wing back and left back sort of position, I'd be more than happy to, you know, to have him back next season, hopefully playing maybe as a reserve behind Regulon if we keep him or even you know, give him a go in that sort of left back or left wing sort of role, having had a lot of minutes behind this game. Like, I'm happy as well because all these lads are young and it's just like, I don't want these guys to have their spirits, like, destroyed when they're young yeah. because Tanganga, for instance, has had quite a lot of injury. Sess has had quite a lot of injury. Skip has, you know, arguably played, I think I read the other day, he's played more minutes, men's football, first team football, than Phil Foden has. So mm, you have to take into crazy. account that, like, these guys are very young and they're getting the opportunities where they need to, and all we need to is be able to support them so that when they do come back to Tottenham, we can give them the tools to be able to do what they need to do instead of, like, haltering their development, you know? Yeah, I think... Yeah. Um, so, so, do you want to add to that, Greg? No, I was going to say, for me, definitely next season, Skip, uh, I'm not going to lie, I didn't, I didn't rate Skip at all. I didn't rate him at all, like... I remember Mourinho gave brought him on in a game, um, the game that five 0 game when his Son scored that goal, and I was leaving the stadium that day thinking, what, <clears throat> what's he on about saying Skip's going to be the next Spurs captain and stuff? I didn't see it. I didn't see it, and I'm not going to lie, he's really impressed me this season, and it's not just me as well. A couple of my mates who who used to make jokes about Skip, saying, oh, the name's fitting because Skip, trash, dustbin, all this stuff, yeah. <laughs> like, it's ridiculous. Imagine badgering a 19-year-old like this, crazy. But, um, like, even Dave coming to me said, like, yo, Skip, like, I might need to take, I might need to eat my words because, like, I'm seeing what this guy's doing in the championship and his levels, like, he's, he's doing, he's doing the thing. 
So for, for me, next season, whether it's alongside Hoybier to give Ndombele uh, more license to do what he needs to do, whether it's as a replacement for Hoybier in some sub-matches, sub he needs to be getting minutes. But for the season in particular, Lacelso is one that we've missed, in my opinion. I, I do think he's been underwhelming as a Spurs player. I don't think we can look at this and say he's been good for us as a Spurs. If you look at his time, but he's been... He's been injury prone throughout his career at Spurs, and I think now when he's fit, <clears throat> we need to prioritise him into the team. We've got no Europe. We play one game a week or whatnot. We got a cup final. You want your better players playing, and as <clears throat> as bad as he's been in some parts, he's a good player, and he's certainly one of our better players. So I need to see him prioritise, and it's the same with Tanganga as well. For me, Aurier's got twelve months left in his contract in the summer. We don't know what's going on there. Number two, as Dave would call him, is a complete myth. So for me, you, you prioritise the players who are, who are either going to be here in the long haul or the players who are going to contribute to the team. So that means to me, Tanganga needs to start getting more minutes. He needs to. Whether it's as the undisputed number one or in rotation with Aurier, he needs to play more. It's that simple. Number two, can number, as well. I think he needs games as well. Can number two be released? <laughs> <laughs> Not with Levy at the helm, but I tell you that for free. <laughs> Tops, you're muted. You're muted, uh, brother. Tops, you're muted. You're muted, bro. We properly need to take an L on on number two, man. It's scary. <laughs> like it's scary to me. Like yep. it's an L. It's an L. The, the, the L is so max, bro. The, the L is new. Like this ain't this ain't even a special. This is a new kind of L. Not the L that you were taught in English. This L is sponsored by Acaris because I did not know <laughs> how bad this L was going to be. Wow! Bro, what a wow! It's a wow! It's a it's a big wow! It's I a big can't wow. believe it. You, know, you know what's the scariest part? Yeah, and I never said this to anyone. So I can't believe we've actually got to this point where I've had to say it. I watched the um, the playoffs for when they were playing for Ireland. Yeah. And I was like, no. He didn't look good. That's kind of dry, you know. Yeah. <laughs> but I said, it, I said it to myself, thinking, ah, oh, that's not going to come to fruition at Spurs. No, no, he'll be all right, yo. He'll be all right. I, I actually had this big conversation with myself. 90 minutes, I watched this drib, drab match, and then Ireland lost. And I was like, I think I watched the same match, you know. Yeah, I, was, I, I think like, I watched the same match. I literally said at the end of this game, I said, if any other team watched this match, yeah, we're finished, you know. <laughs> and I think everyone watched it. Yeah, I, I swear the DVD went round, and all them said, "This guy, this guy's doo doo." Yeah, attack him at all chances. He's dry. The air was new. Yeah, it's, it's been stressful. Him, I'm not gonna lie. Um. And, like, I, I guess everything we've spoken about, whether it's, like, um, mentality, um, just um, the players we need to we need to prioritise, um, a.k.a., like, squad planning, um, the fact that we've, we've been doing so many bad signings or signings have not been working or we haven't been getting rid of people at the right time. I think um, you can... In fact, you can you can find out a bit more about that in Yao's article on uh, touchlinefracas.co.uk. Um, Yao's article called Special Bird or Choking Cockerel. Um, but there's something you touched on, Yao, that I just wanted to get onto. And that's um, just, I guess, it's almost like we're nicking a living. Even when we're talking about um, Skip coming into the squad and like how Kane came into the squad before, it, it seems like a lot of the time 
we're just getting lucky. Like the, the things that we plan or the things that we intend to do, they're not they're not working. <laughs> they're not coming out. Let's be honest. Like you, you can even talk about like how we say Mourinho was backed this season. Like fair enough, I've got no argument there. But in terms of like looking at it in hind, like looking at it now in hindsight, it's not working, and that's a scary thing. Like what what do we need to change in order um, to? Yeah, I, 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 know, I know. Yeah, I know where you were gonna. Yeah, it's it's a very valid and important question. I honestly, I think that this goes before Mourinho. I think we we done um, Poch even a disservice uh, when uh, I, I hope I don't get his name wrong. I think it was Paul Mitchell, uh, the guy that the scout that ended up leaving us to go to um, RB Leipzig. Now. He, when he came, I was like, oh, sick, this guy's background is, look at these players he's brought through. He's got like a very unique um, skill set in terms of identifying a, a team's weakness and where it needs to improve. And we had him for like, I, I don't even think we had him for a season. And I was like, oh, man, not this again. So when I found out that, um, when I found out that, and I only found this out due to the Amazon um Prime documentary that we, yeah. we had a committee and I was like mm. nah man I, I'm not happy with this because essentially one of the biggest gripes I've had as a Spurs fan my entire life is we all can identify where the weakness is and we always get to a point where we're linked with a real potential game changer like whether it be a striker, whether it be a midfielder, whether it be... A, we're always linked to a, a player. And then we get to a point where it's like, oh, no, we've actually bidded for this player. And, like, the fans get, like, really excited and think, this is going to happen. This is, a, And then they start to do their due diligence and research the player and say, all right, fine, yeah, this player, this could be a changer. Mm-hmm. We were linked to Van Dyke, whether that was true or not, yeah. But we could all tell Van Dyke was a different kind of defender. Like, we could... This was a unit. Yeah, look at what he done for for Liverpool. Like, let's be honest. Yeah, what we're seeing with Liverpool now, yeah, is what we were seeing with them before Van Dijk. Van Dijk is the is the transformation in that team. Whether people want to admit or not, he he is the legitimate transformation in that team. And that's where my gripe came with Spurs in a sense of like we have been lucky with some of the talent that we've acquired. You know, you could put that down to. Great um, academy, I, I guess. But Kane's come through the academy. Skip's come through the academy. Um, I'm not going to say Winks because I, I don't rate the kid. No, I'm sorry. Like, I tried, but you can toss that in because I'm not having that. And Ganga, you know, he's come through the academy. We've, we've had other players in the past, you know, that have come through our academy and or players that we bought relatively young and have built up. So we have been very lucky in that sense. But there's going to come a time where you're not going to be lucky and it's going to be down to your purchases and, you know, the players that you acquire from other teams that literally take you to that next level. And that's that's the one part of Tottenham that I'm really hoping changes extremely soon because we can't be going season after season after season. We can't be going 20 years, no trophies, and then man think, you know, we're going to celebrate 2008 on DVD all the time. Oh, I'm a big man. Stop that. Mm. We're always two years late. We're always two, three years late. Mm. We all know we we need a, uh, an extra centre back um, to take the load off um, Toby and, and Yan two two years ago. 
right? Not saying that they weren't playing well, but they're getting older. I mean, they're on there. Now they're doing the contract negotiations. When a man's haggling on contract negotiations at that age as a central defender, that's his last go. So you then think, okay, who are we going to go and buy in? Do you know I mean, who are we going to get? We're always two or, you know, maybe not even two years, but like two or three transfer windows too late. Dembele, we all saw that, yes, as great a player as he was in our midfield, and Manyama, right, when them guys were flying, we then also had to understand that their fitness was, was a bit shocking. Do you know what I mean? They had issues, maybe not always starting 10 games in a row. So why did it take so long to get a replacement for Wanyama? Like a Hoiberg. Yeah. Or in Domine, someone who can break up play and drive the ball forward with a bit of skill, a bit of flair. It's like, it just confuses me why things don't get done whilst players are still here. We wait until they, they leave or they regress in their form and we're relying on Winks and Sissoko in the Champions League final. You understand? Crazy. Yeah. Right. I, think, yeah. I think even like the best example of that is like we had Gareth Bell, we replaced him with Eric Lamella, and like honestly, we never got <laughs> we never got any value out of that like um, for the for all of that time, and then we tried to replace Lamella with the ghost of Gareth Bell again, and like um, I think it just wraps up like everything you guys just said like into one just easy to see thing like we're not we're not taking care of our problems and it's coming back to bite us, um, and to be honest, it's crazy because. My man, Bell nearly got away with it. We nearly went a whole episode where I were in. Bell nearly got away with them comments, bro. What's all this health tourism? I'm hearing guys coming to take. <laughs> <laughs> guys coming to do it. Hey, don't make me turn Brexit in there, you know. Listen, no, this is crazy. It's, what's, what's, it's, not, it's not right. I, it's not right, man. It's not right, man. It's, 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 it was nasty. It's actually nasty. I'm hearing I don't, that. I don't know... I mean, I listened to it, and I'll be honest with you, like, I'm a bit in the middle here regarding this, because what he said is not nothing new. Like, it's, like we know what the case is. Mm-hmm. And even him saying, um, you know, that he's expected to go back to Madrid, big, that, that's what was always going to happen. Like, yeah, like even, even, even if the season was amazing, which it hasn't been for him yet, but even if the season was amazing, he was always going to go back to Madrid. It was always going to be a case of, um, if Zidane, from what I understand, if Zidane was there, Zidane ain't having him back. It doesn't matter if this guy was hitting 60 goals a season. He's not coming back. Zidane's like, done with him, Yeah. So he was always going back. So that part I understood. But the the thing that annoys me about it is like, you know, people are saying like, man's come over and used us for easy gym. He's still not fit. So like, you can't you can't go easy gym for seven months straight and be unfit. Like, fam, I'm not saying he's in there doing all insta fam. He's just in the gym fam. Just you know, it's true. It's true. It's true, man. Like, you know. So my my thing with the whole bell thing is like. And this is this is where I feel like Bell's going to absolutely ruin his legacy. Honestly, like he's a quality player that, for whatever reason, can't articulate himself well enough. Like mm. I would happily, if he came out and said, "Look, uh, you know, as things stand, you know, uh, I I know I'm going to probably be going back to Madrid, but I want to end this season on a high with Spurs." That would have made sense. Yeah, because then you've covered both bases. We know what's definitely happened, and we can appreciate the fact that 
all right, you had acknowledged that it's not been a great season, but you're going to try your best for us, yeah? But this is why the Madrid fans turned on him. They, they, what we're seeing now from him is exactly why the Madrid, they're like, yo, you don't even sound like you're interested. And because he don't sound like he's interested, it's going to hit him 10 times worse because as Spurs fans and as Spurs, we feel like, yo, we made you, bruv. Mm. So you want to come here with all this, ah, uh, yeah, yeah. No, I, if this is how you're going to continue, I'm not of the mindset to be like, yeah, now nah, give him a run in that front three with our last two games. Let him pre- I, can him. I don't care. Like, I'm, I'm of that mindset. I don't want that at my club. It's either you, you play for the badge with all your heart and leave the blood on the pitch here, or you can go home and play golf. Bro, the way I see it, if man's here to do a hospital bed, then we should just clap for him on Thursdays, fam, I don't see what else he's doing, fam. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, man, bro. It's true, man, it's true. And you know what? Like, in many ways, I, I agree with... I, I agree with what you're saying because, like, on one hand, like effectively, you know, the first part of what he said, he was basically just giving us the contract agreement to which he signed. Mm. The fact that he was on loan, we were paying his wages, he was obviously trying to get fit. I totally understand that. There was never a guaranteed second year, but it was always an option. The one thing that I didn't really like was more the fact when he said something on the lines of the environment that I've been at, like, the way he said it was something like, I'm happy to come away to Wales with the international squad because the environment at Tottenham is blah, blah, blah. Mm. I don't feel like it's the best environment to be in, but when I come to play for Wales, this is a positive environment. And that kind of irked me because mm. he's part of the problem. Of the environment, yeah. He is. A player who has basically taken seven or eight months to get himself fit. A player that has openly tried to make it out as if he's getting himself right. And Mourinho is telling us on the front, this guy is washing you lot. He ain't telling the truth. Mm. And finally, we started to see some level of form. And yet, albeit a bit of a bad run, but the first opportunity that he has to come out and say something, he speaks negatively in the sense that, well, I'm only here for a year. And actually, I'll be happy to basically be out of this negative environment. Like he's not been in the team since the beginning of the year. In the mm. squad, sorry, because of the year. I, I, I feel it's very frustrating because I don't want him to ruin his legacy. But if he's of the mentality that we're a paycheck and basically, you know, a, gym's, a, a gym environment for him, then at this point, like we mentioned earlier on, I just want players that want to play. Mm. Players that actually want to play and actually want to fight for the team. Because at this point, let's be honest, lads, he ain't playing for Euros. Let's not chat shit and say he's playing for Euros. <laughs> because he's going for Euros. He's the captain. Yeah. He's playing for his last contract, lads. Simply. Mm. He's playing mm. for his last contract. So when it comes down to it, you either want to play football or you don't. Yeah. If you don't, fine. We'll release the fees. You can do your thing. And then at the end of this, boom. But if you do, and we actually want to see you play at a high level, then you've got to prove it. And at the moment, he hasn't done enough to prove it. Like everyone keeps saying to me, "Is Bell coming back? Is Bell coming back?" And I'm and I'm embarrassed because I'm I'm saying Bell's loading, but Bell's not really loading because how's it taking him seven or eight months, a player of his level at the top level, to get to this point where he's only starting to perform at let's say 50, 60 percent of his quality. It, 
there's a disconnect for me. There's, 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 there's a disconnect. And I'm kind of disappointed with what he said because, again, another reason for other people to just look at us and think, this is a joke football club. Is this what some of the professionals that are playing for this football club think about? Is this what they think of Tottenham? And other clubs mm-hmm. are looking at us like, yo, you took on a superstar, paid massive wages, and he's basically using you, you guys for high jokes. Yeah, it's mad. It's mad. You've got a man from other sports coming over to you, that you know, front. Oh, I didn't like that. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> I didn't like yeah, that. You know, you, know, you know what infuriates me the most about it? Yeah, and it's like, you can, I, like I'm actually, my head is burning because I will punch <laughs> this you up. Seriously, like he's, he's like he's he's made me mad. Like the thing that infuriates me the most about Bell, and I, I like, and it's not just Bell because there is a there is a few other players to add to you know that so-called negative environment. And I'm I'm not trying to defend the manager here because I feel like um, Poch would have been as furious as probably Jose is with some of these players. It's like we just need seriousness like we can understand you know you want to enjoy your training and you want to joke around with you know the the lads that you play with and you want a real like I don't know happy environment but a happy environment should really come from a a winning environment you know like like a a winning mentality a, a mentality to go or compete at least at the very least for trophies yeah and not try and take teams like Zagreb or or Arsenal away Likely, I think you can just turn up and and you know something something's gonna happen randomly. It like, and this is what's infuriated me the most about Bell is he had he had that free game spell where people are like, oh yeah, it's looking it's looking sick. This guy has played in a North London derby before. He 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 was there when we were trying to get out of that that nastiness of. Oh, we turn up at Emirates and just get rolled over. Like he was during that time period. You know, he was during that time period of Arsenal can't come to White Hart Lane no more and do that nonsense at our ground. He was there. So for him to come back and then be doing oh whole nineteen at the Emirates, are you taking the piss? You I'm look, I'm being honest with you, he is lucky, yeah, that we're on lockdown and you know, Spurs fans weren't there. The game wouldn't have even ended. Yeah, we would have ruined that game because he was, he spent half of that freaking first half useless. And I I hope he listens to this podcast because I, I'm calling him out. Either pull up your socks and and play your socks art for the rest of the season, or big man, go back to Madrid. They'll put you in the stands, waste away your last few years. Don't worry because no other club is coming after you. That like the way he's moving. He's going to be one of those players that's just going to play international for the remainder of his last two years. Good luck to you, bro. Yeah, it's, it's a mad one, man. It's actually a mad one, bro. There's nothing more to say for me, anyway, on um, Bell. But um, I guess the last thing I want to leave you with, lads, is where do you think we should be aiming to finish this season? Is top four still in the picture? Um, I'm happy with a yes or no. It's up to you guys. We're not add more than that. Like, no, no. Go on, Dave, go on, Dave, go on, Dave. Yeah, no, I don't see it, I don't see it. No. Do you know what I mean? For me, you know what? Okay, I'm thinking about it, like, as a coach, right? So obviously you guys know how I coach football in it, uh, mm. the school where I work. Um, and for me, I would see it as this. You've got nine games. What? It's just the next game. I can't, I cannot trust this team 
beyond just the next game. It's literally Newcastle, right, that's it. Get the three points, then whatever games after that, Man United or whatever. We've got one game a week. We don't have to rotate. We don't have to see some of those players. I'd walk in there in the, in the dressing dress room, whatever, put three points. Did we get it? Yes or no? That's what we focus on. And then we see where the cards lie. Other teams may falter or whatever. You know, obviously, the other teams in around, they have European competitions like Chelsea and, you know, um, Leicester. Not Leicester, I think Leicester are out, aren't they? Mm-hmm. But Chelsea have, have things, you know, they're going to be focusing on. Um, let's see what happens. But I think it's too it's too much for us to overturn. Um, but I just want to see us give it a good go. So, I mean, do we get, the, yeah. get the right team selection. No stupid things like number two playing at right back, no more. I agree, I agree. Um, like, I'm not trying to see any rotation, any rubbish happen now. I'm looking at us saying nine games, one one game a week, just focus on every single opponent that we come up against every single week and try to get ourselves up, up that table. At the end of the day, Chelsea have things to worry about. Man United have things to worry about. Liverpool have things to worry about. I'm looking at the teams that are around us that don't have two things to worry about. The Everton's, the West Ham, the Villas. Because them, man, they're in a similar position to us. They have mm. nothing to lose. Every week they've got a game. So why not can we do the same thing? We're arguably better than these teams as well. So let's just get ourselves into a bit of a run and, and go for it. If we can't, we can't. But there's nothing, there's, there's, there's no harm in going for it now. There's nothing to lose, you know? Definitely agree, man. And on that note, guys, um, I want to thank you for your contribution today. It's been a great show. Love the energy, man. Let's keep it up. Um, uh, just want to say to the fans, um, share the share the podcast, man. Make sure you share it in your WhatsApp groups. Share it online. Uh, check us out at Spurs underscore Touchline on Twitter. Um, TouchlineFracas.co.uk. Come and check out the new website as well. And Bow in your head tops. Don't worry, man. Spurs coming up. Just let On debut, Tungay Onzombele has scored the equaliser for Spurs. Let's take it out of the world. Lucas Moura clips it. Oh, great goal! Stephen Bergwijn has arrived in North London. That is absolutely incredible. Sports Social Podcast Network.